And now, America's number one show on pop culture and politics. This is the Michael Medved Show. And another great day in this greatest nation on God's green earth. A great day to confront the state of the union. I just don't mean one speech. I mean the state of our politics, the state of our union, the state of our nation. Where are we exactly? And what did we find out last night? One of the things we found out is that a decorum is uh, defined by different standards than it used to be. Uh, yes, of course, people bring up the fact that uh, in the last State of the Union address that President Trump delivered, uh, Mar not Marjorie Taylor Greene, but uh, Nancy Pelosi showed a, a decided lack of decorum by ripping up his speech after he had finished. Well, at least she waited till after he had finished and she was silent. Uh, there wasn't a great deal of silence by the Republicans last night. And that ended up being a gift to Joe Biden, according to most people who have actually looked at the polling and uh, the reactions that uh, came to um, people, including very loyal Republicans, uh, such as uh, James Comer, the Republican from Kentucky. He... Um, he was actually pretty outspoken for a conservative Republican and a committee chair. Uh, he uh, spoke about Marjorie Taylor Greene shouting liar at President Biden nine times <laughs> during his State of the Union speech. And she certainly got attention for herself, which appears to be one of her main goals. Here is what Congressman Comer, Republican of Kentucky, said about should be some decorum I, I know that there were outbursts during trump's state of the union i wish that everyone would respect the decorum and let the let the president speak we have uh, outbursts in my oversight committee hearings believe it or not uh you know it, people are passionate it, it's tough sometimes when you pat you strongly disagree with what the, the president's yeah. saying but uh, certainly I, I wish we would adhere to decorum Okay, yeah, it, it can only help, and uh, it, it certainly doesn't uh, make for uh, headlines like those that you will see today about uh, Republicans falling into a Biden trap. And Joe Biden has never seemed like such a subtle operator or such a sophisticated planner or manipulator that he would set a trap and have Republicans fall into it, but... To some extent, that happened. There was a CNN flash poll that was done after the uh, broadcast, and 72% of the viewers who watched the State of the Union, or at least said they did, had a favorable reaction to the speech. That, uh, compared to other State of the Union addresses, is pretty strong. And, and now, look, this is a partially it's a self-selecting group of people who are responding to this because most people in America did not watch the speech. But most everyone will see highlights. And uh, there is a question that is asked, and it's a profound question. It's very well put by the lead editorial this morning in The Wall Street Journal. And they say that President Biden devoted much of his State of the Union address yesterday 
to celebrating what he says is a long list of legislative and economic achievements, spending on social programs and public works, subsidies for computer chips, even more subsidies for green energy and a strong labor market. But if he's done so much for America, the journal asks, why does most of America not seem to appreciate it? His highest approval rating in any recent poll is 44%. That means most people disapprove of the job he's doing. If it really was such a terrific job, as we heard last night, what's the deal with most of America being unable to appreciate it? That's the contradiction stalking his presidency, the journal writes, as he enters his third year and plots a clear um, a de- and plots a likely reelection campaign. The disconnect is clear enough in the polls. His job approval rating average has climbed to 44.2 percent in the real clear politics average, which should be better with all of that supposed good news. Gallup has it as 41 percent. Mr. Biden's RCP average job approval on the economy, that's real clear politics, is 38 percent. The latest Washington Post-ABC poll is even worse for President Biden. Some 41% of Americans say they're worse off financially than when Mr. Biden became president, while only 16% say they're better off. Most people, 62%, say Mr. Biden has accomplished either not very much or little or nothing. That includes 22% of Democrats. And here's the really bad news for Mr. Biden, the journal says. Some 58% of Democrats say they'd prefer a different party nominee for president in 2024, and he even loses a head-to-head matchup with former President Trump, 48% to 44%. Trump gave a speech last night, too. Well, it wasn't actually a speech. It's a couple of minutes that he taped before President Biden spoke and he put on Truth Social. And uh, it's considered uh, not quite uh, Joe Biden's State of the Union, which ran for 75 minutes, uh, more than the hour long that they expected or predicted, partially because he was so much interrupted with dealing with the jeers and the booing and the hoots and the chants of, you're a liar. There was even somebody shouting out very audibly, a BS. And um, this going on for Biden it was followed by Sarah Sanders, who I think did nothing to embarrass herself. She had a very tough job being in that situation where you're supposed to be ad- uh, addressing and responding to the president of the United States. Very difficult situation to be into. Do you, do you remember uh, Marco Rubio? had a real setback in his career because of a gulp of water he took while he was uh, addressing or responding uh, to uh, President Obama. But, uh, and, and somehow, because she was sitting down and it was a more relaxed setting, the uh, idea that she took a few sips of water, Sarah Huckabee Sanders, the new governor of Arkansas, no, didn't bother her. But... Uh, her speech, what was most striking about it was she was supposed to be supposedly a uh, representative of the Trump wing of the party. But what she estimated, and you'll hear it here, what she estimated again and again was the need for a new generation to lead the party. 
that new generation probably did not include in her mind or anyone's mind hearing it, uh, the her 76-year-old former boss. Yes, that's the age of President Trump. Um, but it's worth asking why a presidency as successful as Mr. Biden and the media claim hasn't persuaded the public, asked the Wall Street Journal. Part of the reason is polarization, with partisans automatically opposing a president of the other party. But that would explain about 40 percentage points of his disapproval, not the other 16 percent. Mr. Biden has contributed to that polarization with the partisan agenda of his first two years after he campaigned as a unifier. He jammed through Congress trillions of dollars in new spending with narrow majorities. His administration uses regulation to impose the uh, progressive priorities of racial division and climate alarmism, often without proper legal authority. The Supreme Court rebuked him uh, on vaccine mandates and national eviction moratoriums, and it will likely do so again on student loan forgiveness. Let's hope so. So did Biden advance his own cause last night? Or more to the point, did Republicans, with their two speeches by Trump and Sarah Huckabee Sanders, damage their prospects with their behavior and reactions last night? 1-800-955-1776. We'll be right back. The Michael Medved Show. show the latest TV show ratings uh, indicate that ABC won the battle for getting the most eyeballs to watch the State of the Union uh, through their network. Uh, ABC won last year, too. That led broadcast TV's coverage of President Biden's second State of the Union address, averaging 3.2 million total viewers. Uh, CBS was close behind with an average audience of 3 million total viewers, followed by NBC's 2.7 million and Fox's 1.5 million. What, what, what does that indicate? That uh, uh, people who normally watch Fox were <laughs> probably less eager to watch Joe Biden deliver State of the Union. Uh, they would have missed uh, an, an informative and actually more interesting than expected uh, exchange and contrast, the uh, compared to last year's Big Four Cume, this year's uh, State of the Union audience was down 18 percent. The uh, cable uh, ratings will uh, will come in much later in the day, and they'll be folded in once available. Um, New York Times breaking news: uh, American intelligence agencies have assessed that China's spy balloon program is part of a global surveillance effort that is designed to collect information on the military capabilities of countries around the world. That, according to three American officials. The balloon flights, some officials believe, are part of an effort by China to hone its ability to gather data about American military bases in which it is most interested, as well as those of other nations in the event of a conflict or rising tensions. U.S. officials said this week 
that the balloon program has operated out of multiple locations in China. One of the points that was made by Holman Jenkins in the Wall Street Journal yesterday was that he has been talking for a while about the likelihood that regular spying activity was folded into that unidentified aerial phenomena that the Department of Defense was beginning to acknowledge. In other words, people said, oh, good, now they're finally telling us something about UFOs. Well, they weren't. They were using UFOs to um, basically disguise some spying activity by China and perhaps by other powers that uh, they didn't want to acknowledge. And that, at least, is one explanation of why most people agree this was not the first Chinese balloon to enter U.S. airspace. There probably were balloons during the Obama and certainly during the Trump administration. But we didn't hear about them. And the uh, intention of the Biden administration apparently was not to let people know about this balloon, except that people began identifying it so clearly, so clearly um, when it began appearing in the skies over Montana. Okay, uh, China, uh, obviously a competitor with uh, America. He, uh, President uh, Biden said he welcomed competition, but that shouldn't mean conflict. Okay, a good speechwriting line. But he also talked incredibly briefly about um, about China and, frankly, about Ukraine, which is a much more important issue compared to some of the other issues that he was uh, uh, very <laughs> uh, very indulgent with. Uh, for instance, the, the idea of junk fees for hotel stays. The idea that uh, people who are staying at various hotels get asked to pay resort fees, which can often be a, a bunch of money, $50 or more, that are slapped on their bill, even for hotels that don't have resort facilities. Now, is it possible that we will get some congressional action on, on that to stop that lamentable practice? Is it possible that uh, there will be a change in the refundability of airplane tickets if uh, your plane flight is canceled or if it's grossly delayed. He also spoke about that. The, the idea that this is uh, going to be one of the key agenda items that got a great deal of time, that's surprising. When there are bigger issues, like the issues that really do draw enthusiastic response, uh, Social Security and Medicare, uh, they are the bulk of the federal expenditures every year. Uh, people say that it comes to two-thirds entitlement programs that they can't really change without uh, at changing the whole structure of those programs and the promises they've made to the American people who've been paying in for their Social Security and Medicare uh, here was the most dramatic moment of the speech last night with President Biden uh, suggesting that in the negotiations on raising the debt ceiling that there were actually uh, Democrats who were uh, talking uh, about 
uh, or they're actually Republicans who are talking about uh, damaging, taking money away, uh, sunsetting uh, Social Security and Medicare. Sunsetting means that in five years they would have to either reauthorize Social Security or Medicare or it would go away, putting it on the chopping block on the table. And there was one Republican, Rick Scott, the senator from Florida, who would put that idea on the table, but he was a lonely voice. Uh, there wasn't a lonely voice when it came to a response to President Biden last night. Uh, clip 4A. Instead of making the wealthy pay their fair share, they pay their some Republicans. Some Republicans want Medicare and Social Security to sunset. I'm not saying it's a majority. Let me give you, anybody who doubts it, contact my office. I'll give you a copy. I'll give you a copy of the proposal. That means Congress doesn't vote. Well, I'm glad to see you. No, I tell you, I, I enjoy conversion. You know, it means if, if Congress doesn't keep the programs the way they are, they'd go away. Other Republicans say, I'm not saying it's a majority of you. I don't even think it's even a significant... But it's being proposed by individuals. I'm not politely not naming them, but it's being proposed by some of you. Look, folks. As here, liar, liar. As she, that's Marjorie Taylor Greene. She shouted the single word liar nine times uh, because it worked so well for uh, former Congressman Joe Wilson of South Carolina who uh, it was way back in the Obama administration. It was in 2009. Uh, Obama was giving a speech to a joint session of Congress, and Joe Wilson hollered out, not liar, liar, but you lie. And uh, it kind of damaged his career. He's no longer in the House of Representatives. So what about Biden's trap that he allegedly sprung on the GOP? We'll get to that uh, uh, coming up on the MedBed Show. Unintended highlight, or maybe it was intended. Maybe this was all plotted and planned. There are a number of Democratic spokesmen uh, who appear to be suggesting that President Biden, uh, who can be a somewhat slick political operator, had actually planned a trap for the Republicans. He had just uh, talked about rather than uh, basically... Uh, lowering taxes and lowering obligations for ordinary Americans. The uh, Republicans were now talking about sunsetting, in other words, potentially putting an end to Social Security and Medicare. And when he said that, there were lusty boos, lots of screams of liar. Uh, somebody screamed the BS word that we're not allowed to say on the, the air. Uh, nor would we want to necessarily, but um, uh, Biden responded 
and seem to be enjoying going back and forth with his hecklers. This actually is something that the president showed that he was pretty good at last night. And uh, so this is what it sounded like as the booing subsided long enough to hear the leader of the free world. Listen. The idea is that we're not going to be we're, we're not going to be moved into being threatened to default on the debt if we don't respond. <laughs> Folks. So, folks, as we all apparently agree, Social Security and Medicare is off the, off the books now, right? They're not to be stopped. All right. Okay, and uh, again, it will make it much harder for uh, people to uh, advance the idea in the oncoming negotiations about raising the debt ceiling any change on Social Security or Medicare would be a real question. Uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene, who us clearly just loves the attention, relishes the attention, and this is one of the problems with American government right now, is that on both sides, who are the people who get all of the attention on the other side? Well, of course, it's the people in the squad. It's Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, it's Ilhan Omar, it's Rashida Tlaib. It's uh, uh, now you hear Cory Bush, who is not a member of the Bush family. She's a congressman from Missouri who gets a great deal of attention. People who say radical things and take edgy opinions. And uh, uh, the idea that Marjorie Taylor Greene and uh, Matt Gates and uh, Lauren Boebert are the most publicized Republicans. I mean, think about it. Oh, yeah, there's one other one, George Santos. He had a great night last night, and, of course, he continues the to be the gift that keeps on giving uh, to Democrats. Uh, Joe Scarborough had a comment on the Biden trap, and uh, here is what uh, Scarborough said, former congressman from Florida, Republican, what he said on MSNBC. Listen. Wait, State of the can't Union. anybody play this game? <laughs> Why is my former party no. so stupid? They, they, they like, like he fed it to them and they the the booing. Yeah. The, the, the call. Like we said yesterday on the show, Republicans. He wants you to yell. He wants you to shout, as my grandma from Dalton, Georgia, would say. He wants you to act like you were raised in a barn. Good job. You did all of those things. No, Willie, seriously. I swear to God, I said this a couple weeks ago. I really do think that there is a plant inside the RNC. And it, it, it is a Democrat that was planted in there somewhere in like 2013, 2014, with the sole purpose of making Republicans the dumbest political oh. party that's ever existed. Like, Biden didn't even have to give good speech last night. The Republicans, time and again, just help Amazing. Boom. Okay. Uh, and how does uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene? explain her behavior. Uh, Manu Raju of CNN, after the speech and the commotion was over, 
she asked him about her yelling out nine times, uh, very audibly, that he was a liar. Uh, here's what she had to say in terms of explaining what she had accomplished. He, he got exactly what he deserved, and I am not sorry one bit. And I don't think Speaker McCarthy is upset with any of us for, for expressing our views and being unwilling to allow the president to lie. What am I going to do? Stand up and give golf claps? No, thank you. I don't clap for liars. Okay. Uh, what she was saying, you could hear the background noise, is... What am I supposed to do? Uh, basically, Republicans in the past or the opposition party in the past has done pretty well by looking, sitting there stony-faced, not standing up and applauding while the others stand up and applaud, and just show your disapproval. I, they, they went to Ted Cruz several times in the, the broadcast uh, as, as I watched it. And Ted Cruz looked like he had just uh, eaten something unsanitary and sour. Uh, he looked very uncomfortable, and it was effective. I mean, basically, uh, he takes that face and sort of shakes his head lightly. That's fine. But shouting out at a State of the Union address is, is especially when the attempt is to indicate that the Republicans have gone off the deep end and they've become so radical and they can't be taken seriously. And that that's basically what the Democrats are trying to sell. The, the difficulty here, and it's the answer to the Wall Street Journal editorial, is that part of what Bi Biden's campaign strategy is going to be, and one of the things about the performance last night is that I think it, basically removes all doubt that he means to run. And uh, barring some health emergency, which is always possible when you're 80 years old, yeah, it's possible when you're 62, uh, 60 as well, but uh, Biden is 80 years old. And uh, Sarah Huckabee Sanders made a big point of that in her brief and effective speech last night. But the fact is that... Uh, he he wants to make the Republicans unthinkable. And unfortunately, there are too many Republicans who are cooperating with him. Look, it, does anyone think it helped the Republican Party to put uh, Kevin McCarthy through what he needed to go through? And uh, base, by the way, I think that uh, Kevin McCarthy came out as one of the big winners last night because – Compared to many of his colleagues, he looked dignified, uh, serious, and uh, yes, he was perceived in several cases trying to uh, impose a greater sense of decorum on his uh, raucous caucus. Yeah, it is a raucous caucus. Uh, President Biden spoke very briefly on the big issue of the Chinese balloon. What did he say? This is clip 12. Okay, we'll go to clip 12 in a moment. We will also play um, all of the highlights, all of them, from President Trump's speech that was actually released uh, last night, probably too late for most people to see it or hear it. But it indicates the kind of campaign that Trump is running. What about his campaign trying to smear uh, Ron DeSantis as a pedophile? No, it's true. It's true. 
Not that he is a pedophile, but that Trump is trying to suggest that he is. Uh, we will get to that and more coming up on the Medved Show. Liar, 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 liar. You're blo- <laughs> The Michael Medved Show. 1-800-955-1776. The Michael Medved Show. Michael Medved show. Uh, there is more about uh, George Santos and his confrontation with uh, Mitt Romney last night. We will get to that in just a moment. I mentioned that um, President Biden had almost nothing to say about the uh, spy balloon that had preoccupied so much American attention. There now are indications, by the way, that uh, it may work out well for the United States. I mean, yes, it turns out that uh, the Chinese foreign minister wouldn't take a call from uh, Lloyd Austin, and that's considered to be a bad sign when you have two nuclear powers that are in a confrontational posture against one another. You do want them to be talking. That's part of what saved the world from nuclear holocaust during the Cuban Missile Crisis is there was contact and negotiation going on between Kennedy and Khrushchev. But uh, in terms of the the Chinese, uh, they say it was a weather balloon. Uh, nearly everybody believes that's preposterous. And uh, now there are indications that they have been able to uh, rescue from the ocean – uh, where the the craft was shot down, uh, enough uh, equipment from the craft to be useful in terms of figuring out what it is that the Chinese are actually doing. Uh, this is the way that uh, President Biden described this particular triumph uh, last night in the State of the Union, clip 12. Today, we're the strongest position in decades to compete with China or anyone else in the world, anyone else in the world. And I'm committed. I'm committed to work with China where we can advance American interests and benefit the world. But make no mistake about it. As we made clear last week, if China threatens our sovereignty, we will act to protect our country, and we did. Look, let's be clear. Winning the competition should unite all of us. We face serious challenges across the world. Uh, okay, and the serious challenges did not get the most attention from Joe Biden in a terrific commentary, and it's terrific because it's funny, and uh, the, all you can do really is laugh at some of this. It's uh, by John Podoritz uh, over at Commentary Magazine, commentary.org. And uh, John writes, Biden's speech was risable in parts and often spectacularly beside the point. What on earth was the president of the United States doing spending several minutes talking about resort fees paid by hotel guests? The Junk Fee Prevention Act, which he touted out of nowhere, is an embarrassing political gimmick. 
Biden devoted 271 words to the Junk Fee Protection Act. I, that, that means that you don't have to pay resort fees when you go to a hotel. That's 271 words. Then he disposed of America's conflict with China in 182 words. Of those, only 15. If China threatens our sovereignty, we will act to protect our country, and we did. Dealt with the balloon incursion last week, a matter so serious it forced the postponement of an official visit to China from our Secretary of State. Uh, this was not a serious speech, writes John Padaritz. It was a pretty silly one, in fact. But the only thing people are going to remember is uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene screeching. It used to anger me when people insulted the GOP by adopting the old British term for the Tories, the stupid party. Still, better that than the embarrassing party, which has the advantage of being at least partly true. Uh, Joe Biden did also make very brief mention of Ukraine. And in the next year, between now and the next State of the Union speech, because Biden will give a State of the Union speech, assuming that he is still president, as next year at this time in the very heat of the presidential campaign. The State of the Union will probably come out right after the first primaries. So it could be very interesting. But it seems to me that people will be looking for a follow-up on Ukraine for sure, probably not so much on the Junk Fee Protection Act. Uh, this is um, Biden acknowledging the Ukrainian ambassador. It was somewhat embarrassing because he couldn't really remember her name. Her name is Oksana Marakova. And um, Biden uh, did the acknowledgement briefly. Uh, the ambassador looked moved and touched and uh, emotional. But uh, here is what it sounded like, clip eight. We're once again joined by Ukrainian's ambassador to the United States. She represents not her, just her nation, but the courage of her people. Ambassador, is, our ambassador is here, united, we're in uniting our support of your country. Will you stand so we can all take a look at you? Thank you. Because we're going to stand with you as long as it takes. Okay, there is uh, also um, the biggest laugh line of Biden's speech, and I don't think he intended it to be a laugh-getter, but it was. And on this one, the uh, GOP really reacted appropriately to part of what he had to say. He was talking about green energy and developing green energy and the uh, uh, idea that we were going to combat climate change and he said this, watch for the reaction. This is clip 10. When I talked to a couple of them, they say, we're afraid you're going to shut down all the oil wells and all the uh, oil refineries anyway, so why should we invest in them? I said, we're going to need oil for at least another decade. And that's going to exceed. <laughs> and beyond that, we're going to need it. Production. Are you joking? Is this a joke? <laughs> Okay, I think it is safe to assume we will need oil and uh, energy for more than another decade. Um, the uh, Ryan Zinke of Montana 
uh, who was at one time Secretary of the Interior for uh, President Trump. Uh, he's a Republican representative, now one of two representatives in the House from Montana, which has growing population. He was on CNN responding to Biden's comment. This is clip 11. Well, this suggests we're not going to be in the fossil fuel world uh, more than 10 years. Uh, it's just untruthful. Uh, so there, because it was an outrageous statement, uh, fossil fuels are, are with us as a part of the economy and they're going to be with this economy. Uh, but to blame the problem on the executives. Look, we have high energy costs. It's not because of the oil companies. It is because of this, the policy of the president. We have high inflation because this is the policy of the president on spending. So if you, if you look at high energy costs, which we're all seeing, high inflation rates, which a lot of it has a result of excessive spending, then, then we are in the economy we are. And I think that the speech itself, there, there, was, there was moments where accommodation where we're going to work with the Republican side, and I appreciate that. And, and he is my president, too, so I do appreciate that. But there were some blatant uh, mistruths. The Republicans, for instance, would terminate Social Security or Medicare. Okay, he's right. There were some blatant mistruths. We're going to go at them, particularly part of what um, President Biden implied about taxes when he talked about the billionaire's tax that he wants to institute and the idea that most American wealthy people do not pay their fair share. This, of course, has been a honored Democratic theme for years and years. Uh, there was also some remarks that were made not by Sarah Huckabee Sanders, not by President Donald Trump. We will get to his entire speech last night where uh, President Trump said that uh, Joe Biden is the most corrupt president in history and no one else even close. Uh, we will... Um, also get to uh, a comment that was made by a member of the U.S. Senate, a Republican, and Representative Thomas Massey, a Republican of Kentucky in the House, uh, later actually described what uh, his colleague had said as the rudest I've ever seen a human being be to another human being. What what could possibly have happened to merit that um, that comment? And who was the other human being who got the incredibly rude comment from a member of the U.S. Senate? Well, that human being was the great pretender himself, George Santos. So what was said? What happened? We will get to that and to much more. Also solving the mystery of a radio signal from 8 billion light years away. No kidding. That and more coming up in this greatest nation on God's green earth.